News Talk 580 CFRA presents The Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we are set to go once again. That, uh, that is the time we do this, the Employment Hour. Alex Lucifero is our host today along with myself, John Scholes. We will be answering your questions. Phone lines, by the way, already open. We're quick. Uh, 613-521-TALK to call through. You have a question for Alex about your job, about your employment. Maybe you're a boss or an employer, a manager, or quite simply an employee who thinks, uh, you know, there's a question about your workplace. There's something going on here. My spidey sense is going off. Maybe I might have a severance package in my future. That might be the case. Bring them all the calls. We'd love to talk to you here this afternoon and get it uh, get it sorted out. This entire show is about employment rights and uh, stuff you really need to know about the place where you spend about eighteen hundred hours a year. So it's uh, it's a pretty important part of your life for most of us, right? Most of our working life, we're uh, we're under these these laws that uh, people will <clears throat> not know. That's why the knowledge is needed. So that's why you're here, Alex, and I know I like to start the uh, the week off as we always do in between our phone calls and our topics for the day with the week that was. What is happening with you, brother? Hey, John. Thanks very much. Always yeah, great man. to be here. Real pleasure. And, uh, you know, as you said, we're live on the air in Ottawa for the entire hour until about 6 o'clock, uh, answering any questions our listeners have about employment law, your workplace rights, Anything to do with your job, uh, really, as you said, John, you know, maybe you lost your job, you've been offered a severance package, maybe you've lost your job, you haven't been offered a severance package, even worse, uh, or maybe you haven't lost your job, but you're worried about losing it, or you've got some sort of trouble or issues at work, uh, this is the time, this is the place, give us a shout, we're ready to talk, uh, ready to answer any questions you have uh, about what's going on in your workplace, you know, every... Every person needs to know about their workplace rights, John. It's so yep. important. We spend the majority of our time at work, as you said. And, you know, it's, it's quite common that despite everyone's best efforts, conflicts arise, disputes between employees and employers happen, and it's important mm-hmm. to know how to handle those situations. Our laws are actually quite favorable to employees when it comes to workplace law, uh, but the law can't help you as an employee if you don't know what the law is. Right. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're, we're here to do. We're here to inform people. Uh, we're here to inform people of what their rights are. We're here to help people, and we're here to resolve those workplace problems. And so, as you mentioned, to start us off, uh, get us warmed up, ready to chat. Uh, as always, let's talk about a couple of, uh, of matters that came across my desk this week. I've got two for you this week, John. Sure. Uh, two people that I actually spoke with myself this week in circumstances that actually are, are really good examples of, of what I just mentioned a couple of moments ago, which is if you know the law is favorable to employees, but if you don't know the law, then your employer may take advantage of that and may take advantage of you. So let's get into it. Okay. So the first situation involves a gentleman, uh, 41 years of age. Uh, he's been with this employer for 25 years, John, which off the bat in and of itself is impressive because he started yeah. with this employer when he was 16. Wow. So, you know, that's you know great for him, great for his employer as well to have a long service employee like that. Uh, he, you know, worked his way up the ladder, as they say, and uh, into a pretty, pretty senior specialized position when he contacted us just this week. Now, historically, as, as part of this guy's job, every couple of months, he had to travel to Toronto. So it's an Ottawa-based job. He works here in the city, uh, traveling to uh, Toronto every couple of months. And that was, you know, for the most part, all good. He had no issues with that. He had to, you know, leave his family for a couple of days, leave his home for a couple of days. But if that's once every couple of months, not a problem. He, sure. you know, he, he was happy with that. And in my opinion, that was, wasn't unreasonable at all for an employer to accept. Now, having said all of that, over the course of this past summer, uh, his uh, employer and his boss starts asking him to travel to Toronto more and more. So over the course of the summer, summer 2018, so about three months, it goes from being in Toronto once every couple of months to being in Toronto 
uh, for a couple of days every month, to being in Toronto a couple of days every week. Wow. To being in Toronto more than he actually is working in Ottawa, which, you know, effectively at that point, you're a Toronto-based employee. You're, not, well, you're sure. no longer an Ottawa-based employee. So, you know, he speaks to his boss about this and says, hey, what's going on? You know, I don't mind traveling once in a while, but you can't ask me to travel every single day for, the, you know, the majority of my work is now in Toronto visiting, visiting clients and in meetings. And his boss, uh, unprofessionally and, uh, you know, completely the wrong thing to do, basically says, well, this is what the job is now. Be lucky that you have one. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Uh, this gentleman in distress uh, calls us and says, what, what can I do here? You know, I've got a family. I can't travel to Toronto this often. And what we told him, what I advised him is, well, hold on a sec. Your employer enforcing you to basically take a tor- now switch over to a Toronto-based job has significantly changed the terms of your employment. Mm-hmm. This is a different job. And what I've told him is because of that, you have every right as an employee in that situation to say no, say, no, I'm not accepting this change. Employer, either put me back in the position that, I, that I've had all these years and that I should be having, or you can let me go and give me a reasonable severance package. And so we're going to be working with this individual over the next couple of weeks uh, to, to figure out or resolve the situation one way or the other, whether it ends up in severance or it ends up in getting his real job back. That is a huge no-no for an employer. The way in which his boss responded is a huge no-no. John, as you know, and as probably a lot of our listeners know, you cannot change the terms of an employee's employment that drastically. If it was, you know, well, now you might have to go three days instead of two every couple of months, then that's not a significant change. You know, you you can't really do anything about that. But the fact that he's now traveling to Toronto every single work for his job, as opposed to it being every couple of months, you're you're looking at a completely different uh, position and because of that, he has significant protections at law that he has every right to stand up for, and we're going to help him do that. You know, the, it's, it's the timeline that, that I'm wondering. So you say it was pretty much all summer that's got worse and worse. How much, how much further could he have let this go before it was uh, basically, you know, he'd accepted this change of being, as you say, almost a Toronto employee? Yeah, great question, John. I mean, uh, the, the concern there is that if you start accepting these changes, don't say a word and just go about your business and accept right. the change even right. implicitly. So you don't have to sign a contract. You don't have to tell them I'm accepting this. But if you just go along with it, well, then, you know, even something like a month or a couple of months pass and you've got a problem as an employee, you gotcha. you know, it might be it might be that you've accepted that change implicitly and it's gonna be really tough at that point to to go after it. So this gentleman did the exact thing that he should have done, which is reach out to us and have a conversation about it. And um, and like I said, we're gonna get it resolved. I, I have no question that we're gonna resolve this relatively easily, John. Again, lines are open, 613-521-TALK. If you want to chime in, ask a question about that or anything that has to do with uh, your particular situation when it comes to your workplace and your work life, uh, what else you got going on for the week that was, pal? Yeah, so this second matter, uh, John, again, came up this week. Uh, it, oh. It's one with your permission that I'd like to file under worst severance packages ever seen on the Employment <laughs> nice. Hour. Uh, and I like to do this only because, I, I, again, I think it's a good lesson for our listeners uh, out there. When you're let go from your job, be very careful, please. Don't just sign off on whatever's offered to you. Speak to an employment lawyer uh, right away. If you don't like me, if you don't like us, speak to any other employment lawyer. By all means, speak to somebody. Get some professional advice on it. So let me get into the details here. I'm not going to say the person's name. Obviously, I'm not going to say the employer's name. But this gentleman was, uh, again, another gentleman. He was 60 years of age, been uh, with the company for 10 years. It was a car dealership, and he was the sales manager at that dealership. Uh, Pretty significant position. He had, you know, middle to upper management position. 
He supervised uh, approximately 20 employees, making a six-figure income, um, you know, part of the executive of, of the dealership, so to speak. Uh, this gentleman gets let go. The dealership's having a bit of a hard time financially. They didn't have a great year. And so yeah. for financial reasons, completely unrelated to this individual's performance, they decide to let him go. Sure. Uh, they offer him, uh, again, as a 10-year employee who's 60, they offer him eight weeks of pay. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, And the reason, and here's the lesson, the reason that they cite in offering eight weeks of pay and is that they say, well, that's what the Employment Standards Act of in course. Ontario mm-hmm. has, uh, has us paying, and that's all that we owe you. You get these eight weeks. It's one week per year of service up to a maximum of eight weeks. That's all and we got to give you. So yeah. off you go. It's been fun. Sorry it didn't work out. So this gentleman calls us and he, and he says, well, you know, they tell me it's completely legal to offer me eight weeks. What do I do with this? Well, and I was, uh, you know, very quick to tell him uh, that the way in which severance is calculated in his situation is not based on what the minimums are under the Employment Standards Act. That's irrelevant to him. His severance, uh, as most people's severance are calculated, is based on his age, his position, and his years of service with the mm-hmm. company. So it's based on the fact that he was 60 at the time that he was let go. He'd yep. been with the company for 10 years and he was in a, in a sales manager position. Somebody of that age in that position with those years of service, John, is looking at a year's severance. So this guy got offered eight weeks. He's actually looking at a year's worth of severance. The difference there is a six-figure difference. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that oh. is a huge amount of money. The company has made a huge mistake in offering him that little severance. They've all but guarantee, guaranteed themselves uh, the involvement of legal counsel. That's what we're going to do. We're going to contact this company, set the record straight, so to speak. I'm sure they have legal counsel on their end that's going to tell them the same thing. And, and I have no doubt, again, that we're probably going to be able to resolve this matter very, very easily for this gentleman, John. Again, a terrible severance offer, but yeah, they're going by the uh, Employment Standard Act's uh, allowance, but that's not his common law rights, and that's what you gave him. And the, uh, the, the divide, as you said, is absolutely massive, right? Definitely worth that phone call. You got it. You got it. Those are bare bones minimums. It's as it, yeah. you know, minimum wage, minimum hours of work, minimum severance entitlements. For the for the most part, people aren't limited to those minimums, not by any stretch. We got a busy show to get through. Uh, very common questions that you get asked. We'll uh, we'll tackle that topic throughout the uh, the rest of the afternoon. Your emails as well, and of course, the phone lines here on the station are wide open for the remainder of the hour as well. You have a question about your job, your employment, maybe being an employer. Bring it on. That's what we're here for. It could be a, a very beneficial phone call to you and to Alex when it's all over. You want to want to chime in? We'd love to hear from you. Six one three five two one talk. Six one three five two one talk. Just getting warmed up. It's the Employment Hour right here on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we are back at it. Uh, Alex Lucifero is here, of course, answering your questions. Phone lines are open and ready for you. 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call in, ask anything about your job, your employment, severance, or otherwise. Uh, not a uh, stone gets unturned on this show. In the meantime, Alex, want to get to uh, some things. Well, pretty much common questions you get every day at the firm when you're working, whether it's phone calls and emails. On this show as well, we get these questions. And a lot of people have them, but they don't call in or they're just wondering and they don't take them any further. They might ask their you know, neighbor across the fence or their Uncle Bob, and they're getting all kinds of misinformation. So we want to put a stop to that right away, and we want to do it the right way. And is by uh, by going through a few of these here, and I'll let you let you expand on the first one. What can I do if I think maybe possibly my spidey sense is going off and my boss is setting me up in order to fire me? I think it's coming down the pike. What do I do? 
Yeah, this is a popular one, uh, uh, John. We uh, <laughs> we speak to people. Uh, I won't say all day, every day, but we speak to people on a regular basis. Uh, people that still have their jobs haven't been let go yet, but are saying, mm, "I'm not getting I'm getting bad vibes here. I'm not getting right. emails. I'm not getting invited to meetings. I feel like the writing's on the wall. What do I do?" And you know, to simplify what I usually say in these meetings, you know, there there are two the two lessons here or, or two items yep. you should keep an eye on. The first is stay cool. Uh, and the second is make a record. What I mean by that is, you know, and, and with respect to staying cool, you you do not need to confront your employer about the fact that you feel you might be letting getting let go. Sometimes, right. in the rare occasion, I would say that's appropriate. In the vast majority of cases, John, you don't want to antagonize your employer into letting you go. You don't want to confront your boss and say, hey, why wasn't I invited to this meeting? Uh, are, are you guys letting me go? That's not the right move. You just got to play it cool, do your job as you've always been doing to the best of right. your ability. And if it happens, it happens. So, And that's what I mean by stay cool, stay reasonable, don't go off the deep end, don't, you know, two, right, two wrongs don't make a right, so don't start, you know, uh, getting mad at your employer, acting out because you feel like you're going to be let go. And so that's, that's kind of rule number one. It might sound like a basic, but you'd be surprised what I've seen, uh, John, in, in these kinds of situations. Yeah. Rule number two is keep a record. And what I mean by that is in situations where your boss or your employer is starting to criticize your work, criticize your performance or criticize your conduct, you want to start creating a written record of your responses to those accusations. And so, you know, if your boss gives you a negative performance review and you feel like, you know, that's maybe the second time this has become an issue and maybe the writing's on the wall, you want to write back to your employer and say, thank you very much for the performance review. However, I disagree with X, Y, and Z. So you, you don't want to be seen as implicitly accepting criticism just because you don't answer back. And I don't mean answer back in the negative way. I mean simply yep. state your side of the story on the record. If you do that, you will be in a much, much stronger position in the event that you are terminated. So, And as state- we always say on this show, right, if it's not written, it doesn't exist. If you haven't written exactly. it down, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it right? doesn't have to be in a formal letter. You know, it doesn't have right. to be a lawyer that sends it. It could be an email. It could be in plain language. Don't pretend you're a lawyer. Don't make it sound like you're, it's kind of legalese. Uh, you know, send yeah. an email, send a note. Uh, you know, at the very worst, keep your own notes, your own personal notes. But I'd rather mm-hmm. you communicate your issues to your employer in terms of responding to any kind of performance concerns or conduct concerns. So stay cool. Keep a record, and if you do that, and ultimately you're let go anyways, you're going to be owed a reasonable severance package like everyone else, and you'll be in a much stronger position to get that appropriate severance package very, very easily. Comments or questions, bring them on. We'd love to talk to you. Phone lines open, of course. 613-521-TALK is the number. Talking about very common questions, Alex, you get on your desk every day. So, and this one's really timely in the last couple of years, at least. Uh, my boss is treating me badly and even harassing me. What is my option? What do I do next? Yeah, again, a very popular topic, very popular question. Yeah. We we speak to people every day that this is happening to. And, and you know what? I, I would love to say, John, that it's surprising uh, that it's rare, but but unfortunately it's not. Uh, people have a really hard time in the workplace, whether it's their own coworkers or their bosses or or managers. Um, you know, a, a lot of people don't have the social skills and the personality types to be able to speak to other people and manage other people. And right. that kind of uh, that kind of harassment or behavior in the workplace is completely inappropriate. What should you do if you're an employee in the workplace and you feel like you're being harassed? Number one, don't just swallow your concerns or don't just you know. 
swallow those feelings and say, oh, maybe it's just me or maybe it's nothing or maybe this is just the way work environments should be. Absolutely not. You have every right in the workplace to be free from that kind of harassment, to be free from bullying, to work in a safe, positive environment. So if you're having that issue, you've got to speak to somebody about it. And the first person you should probably speak to about it is your HR department or your employer. If it's a small company, maybe the owner of the company. But certainly if you're in a larger, a larger organization, you need to communicate to human resources that you're having these issues at work. The reason why you need to do that, John, is because every employer in Ontario has an obligation to provide a workplace that's safe and to provide a workplace that's free from harassment. And so your employer has a positive obligation if they receive a complaint from you, from an employee, they have a positive obligation to look into that, to investigate and to rectify. So step number one is you got to let somebody know. If your manager's bothering you, if your manager's harassing you, you have to go to the manager's manager. Or you, like I said, you have to go to the HR manager and say, I'm having these issues. Uh, this is my kind of formal complaint about them. Can you please look into this? And I need some sort of resolution here. HR or, or the company in general should act on that complaint. And if they don't, step number two, John, uh, I'm sure you know what's coming. You got to call oh, us. Yeah. Uh, you got to call us because if your employer is not doing anything about the harassment in your workplace, then you have grounds likely to leave that workplace and obtain a severance package. That's what we call a constructive dismissal, what we were referring to earlier in in the uh, in the show. And um, that's something, you know, that needs the involvement of legal counsel at that point in time if your employer is not doing anything about the harassment. And you know, and contacting you, especially in other cases, if it's your uh, supervisor or your boss that you you would normally contact in this case is the one doing the harassment, and you have no other people to to, to contact. That's when you panic. But that's when they should call you as well, right? And, and that happens as well for sure. A lot of times you're in a small yeah. you're in a small shop. Uh, you know, it's you, uh, a coworker, and an owner of a company, and it's sure. the owner of the company causing you problems. There is no one else to turn to, right? There is no HR department. Yeah. So what do you do in a situation like that? You have to seek legal advice immediately, um, not for the sake of, you know, time won't, won't run out. So if you've been harassed for years and years and years, it's not as if, you know, all of a sudden now you're out of luck because you've accepted those changes. Not at all. Yeah. But that said, you know, you have every right and you should be protecting your own mental health and your own health generally. And, you know, you shouldn't be tolerating a poisoned workplace like that uh, it's not going to end well if you do something like that. So you need to seek help immediately. And, you know, in that respect, we speak to these people, you know, every day. We help people out in these yep. kinds of situations every single day. So, you know, for those of you listening out there, if you're in that kind of situation where you're being harassed by someone at work, whether it's a colleague or a manager, please give us a call. John will give you the contact information. Email us, you know, whatever you've got to do to get in touch with us. We'd be more than happy to chat. Yeah, by the way, that contact information to get a hold of Alex or uh, Lior, the rest of the team, very simple, one 855 821 Email is help at com, And that's the number you want to use. Write an email. Check out com as well if you want to find out any time what you're We are talking about the very common questions that we get asked every day. Well, Alex does. I don't. I get other questions because I'm not a lawyer. Don't need to talk about those. Phone lines, by the way, are open. After we take a short break, get into your phone calls. Uh, feel free to call through now, 613. 613- Three five two one talk Lots more of the Employment Hour is on the way. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. 
Yeah, we are back here indeed. Alex Luchafero is our guy. Uh, my, him, myself, John Scholes here. We are taking your phone calls as they come in at uh, 535. Man, the, it gets dark quick, but the lights are still on in this radio studio, so you still have lots of time to call us and ask your questions about your employment, your boss, your job, possibly severance, what it would be. Alex can tell you that in a moment as well. In the meantime, talking about the very common questions that we get every day, and I know um, on future shows, Alex, we will be doing complete shows on this one. Uh, this particular topic, that being, uh, do I have to accept going on a temporary layoff, the old temporary layoff, huh? Yeah, we've spoken about this a couple of times already, John, over the past couple of weeks, but but let me set the record straight one more time uh, for our, all our listeners out there. So uh, in situations where an employer uh, temporarily lays an employee off, so tells that, em- that employee, hey, things are slowing down, we have no work for you, we're going to mm-hmm. send you home, but this is not a termination, just go home, sit tight, receive some employment insurance, and we'll call you back to work as soon as we can. Those situations at law, John, are effectively terminations. So you cannot temporarily lay an employee off without that employee agreeing to the change. So and it takes two to tango, so to speak. The employee mm-hmm. has to accept the layoff as part of their employment in order for that to actually be legal and enforceable, which means that as an employee who's never been laid off before and as an employee who doesn't have anything in their employment contract, let's say they have a written employment contract that doesn't have anything in there that allows the employer to temporarily lay them off, then you don't have to accept that as a term of your employment. So if an employer tries to lay you off, you can say, no employer, I'm not accepting the layoff. You either bring me back to work right away and let's pretend this never happened, which is one possible solution. Or number two, you can treat it as a termination and say, I'm not gonna accept the layoff. I'm gonna leave and get a reasonable severance package. The reason why that's usually the best option, John, is because, or either one of those options, so going back Mm -hmm. to your employer and telling them, no, this is not going to happen and don't ever let it happen again, or leaving and getting a severance package. The reason why those two options are are beneficial is because if you accept the layoff that one time, that becomes a term of your employment. And what that means is that come next year, when things slow down again for the employer, they'll be able to lay you off again. And this time you can't say boo as an employer. So accept that part of your employment as a term of your employment, meaning the temporary layoffs. And that's going to be a term of your employment moving forward indefinitely for the rest of your employment with that company. Accept something like that at your own risk as an employee. My advice to any employee in a situation like that is, number one, don't accept an employment contract that has a temporary layoff term in it. Uh, and number two, if an employer lets you or uh, lays you off, rather, um, give us a call right away. If you wait too long on that layoff period, you it might be more complicated uh, than not. So as soon as you're laid off, if it's the first time you've been laid off, you got to give us a call right away. Again, we can resolve a situation like that very, very easily. This is not complex stuff, John. The law is not no, overly no. complicated when it comes to this kind of stuff. We're talking employment law 101 here. So give mm-hmm. us a call. We'd be able to take care of that situation very, very easily. Yeah, you want to reach out to Alex anytime, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. Uh, give me some details on the severance pay calculator. I know uh, over, well, we're getting close to, I think at last calculation, close to 600,000 people have used this thing, right? Incredible, just absolutely yeah. incredible, John. And, you know, speaking of layoffs and terminations and severance, you know, the severance pay calculator is a tool that uh, our firm created, that that uh, Lior Samfiru created I think it's about five years ago or so uh, about, now. Yeah, about that. Yeah, to, to educate and inform people as to what they're owed when they lost their job. 
It doesn't matter whether you call it severance, whether you call it pay pay in lieu of notice or notice or termination pay. What we're talking about here is the amounts that you are owed when you lose your job. How do you use the severance pay calculator? You go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input three things. It's very simple. You input your age, your position with the company, and the length of your employment, and that's it. You're done. The severance pay calculator does the rest. It tells you how many weeks or how many months pay you are owed as part of your severance package, which your full severance entitlements are. Right. Uh, and that's pretty much it, John. I mean, it's so easy to use. It's completely anonymous. You don't have to input your name. You don't have to say where you work. You don't have to give your email address. If you want to get in touch with us, having done, having put your numbers into the calculator, by all means, get in touch touch with us. But really, it's just for your own, it's for the employee's own benefit. Maybe you're wondering, you know, uh, if I'm terminated, what kind of severance am I owed? Or, you know, what will my colleague be owed because she was terminated, he was terminated? You could even do that. So severancepaycalculator.com, always the first place you should go if you've lost your job. Yeah, like you said, it's it's really simple. It's absolutely free of charge. There's nowhere to put a credit card in there, even if you wanted to. It is anonymous. There's an employer mode. So if you're thinking, you know, if I gotta let uh, Jim go down the down the hall there, what are what am I owe him properly as far as severance is concerned? If you're an employer, you can do that. And there's a contact button at the bottom if you want to carry on and reach Alex after you've uh, you've done that. Again, six one three five two one talk is the number to call through for the uh, the remainder of the show. Here it's five forty. On a uh, lovely Saturday, we'll get to Mike, our uh, our first caller through for the afternoon. Mike had a a question for Alex. Go ahead, brother. Uh, I work in a unionized environment, and they're Mm -hmm. changing my hours uh, of work. I've worked there 10 years, and they're now saying I have to stay later, and I have a second job. The union's saying that they won't fight it on my behalf, but my coworker's saying if I get terminated for leaving at the end, that once I'm terminated, I'd be able to talk to a lawyer because I'm no longer in the union. So I just want to know what... My options are. Yeah, thanks for the question, Mike. This is a really an interesting situation where being in a union is probably not advantageous. So there are a lot of things about unionized positions that are great in the employment context. Your job is protected. You're usually paid a little bit better. You've got the protections of your union uh, when you ha- you're having issues with your employer. But when it comes to changes to the terms of your employment, and also when it comes to severance pay or, or termination... Mm-hmm. This, these are the areas in which unions are lacking. So the unfortunate news I have for you, uh, Mike, but you know, as, as a, a lesson for all of you listening out there, if you're in a unionized job and you're faced with changes to your, to your terms of employment, there's not much an employment lawyer can do for you. You have to. You have a legal obligation to go to your union, and your union has the legal obligation to represent you in a situation like that. You can't have a lawyer represent you as a unionized employee. If your union, Mike, and it sounds like this is the case, if your union has decided, well, you know what, this is not something that we're prepared to pursue against the employer, that's a tough spot. You know, I've got to admit that I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. That's a tough spot. There's not much you can do there. If your employment is terminated, and here's the second side of, and here's the second issue here, if your employment is terminated as a result of the situation, your severance entitlements, Mike, are going to be what's in the collective agreement. So you have a collective agreement uh, that your union signed on on your behalf. uh, And in there, I have no doubt that there are going to be some severance terms. And you are going to be owed what's in that contract. Uh, You know, again, uh, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, Mm -hmm. uh, but those severance entitlements are going to be significantly less than what you would be owed in a non-unionized context. And again, for the sake of balance here, again, there's a lot of things that unions do properly. 
when it comes to enforcing your rights in the workplace, and I'm not saying this because I'm a lawyer, I would rather have an employment lawyer represent me in a situation like that. The union is going to pick and choose its fights, and it sounds, right. Mike, like it's not picking this fight uh, on yeah, your behalf. Yeah, they said there's wording that says uh, it's start to finish jobs, so they're saying that they think they can change it. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the call, though, Mike. It's a great lesson for everyone out there. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate. It. Yeah, just and just to like to hammer the point home, which I know we've done, which I know I've done with Lior, is you know you basically when you're a union employee, um, my wife's a union worker, great pay, benefits like out the wazoo. It's yep, crazy, absolutely. But it's the back end of the job where you suffer on the you know the back end when it comes to being let go and if if any severance, you could be bound by the ESA minimums. And as you just mentioned, you live by the union, you die by the union. You exactly. cannot seek employment lawyer like yourself to help them out, right? So yeah, there's good and bad to it, I guess, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, unfortunately, we see it more often than not that unions are hesitant to go to bat for their employees. I mean, they like I said, they pick and choose their battles. And if yeah. it's not a major, major issue, they're going to let it slide because they have an interest in maintaining their relationship with the employer. Or, yeah, especially if it's close to the time where they're bargaining a new agreement. Exactly. Right? You got it. Yeah. yeah. Very common questions you get asked every day. Alex, I'll give you one more before we take a, a short break here. You always say that employees get so much severance when the government website says I only get one week or two weeks per year. How often do you get that phone call? Yeah, going back to our, our week that was worst case, yeah. worst uh, worst severance package uh, offered file. Uh, let's pick yeah. one out of those files. No, and, and the reason why so many people come to us with this question, Mike, is that when they're let go, they call the labor board. And the labor board tells them, well, under the Employment Standards Act, you get one week per year of service up to a maximum of eight weeks, or you get two weeks per year of service up to a maximum of 34 weeks or, or yeah. whatever the case may be. And again, that advice, uh, John, and this is the Ministry of Labor we're talking about, that advice is wrong, wrong, wrong. That's not the way most people's severance is calculated. The way it's calculated is based, is based on your age, your position, and your years of service. There is the exceptional case where an employee is going to be limited by to some amount of severance under their employment contracts. So you might have an employment contract that limits your severance in some sort of way. It might, it may very well limit your severance to the minimum entitlements. But the reality is, John, the uh, frequency in which we see those kinds of contracts, are it, they're few and far between. The vast right. majority of people are going to be owed severance based on their age, position, and years of service. And so when the Ministry of Labor tells you you only get a week, for again, eight, nine out of ten people, that advice is going to be wrong. Please, yeah. for all of you listening out there, when you get let go, or if you're worried about getting let, getting let go, do not call the Ministry of Labor. You, you know they, they have every intention of helping, but they cannot advise an employee on what their full legal rights uh, and entitlements are. They could only tell you what a fraction of those entitlements are. Please call an employment lawyer in a situation like that. Uh, we can be of much more assistance than the Ministry of Labor. And if you have any questions in the here and now, you still got time to call through here. It is uh, 613-521-TALK, just like Mike did. Get your uh, questions answered by Alex as we get down into the last quarter part of the show here. Uh, it is the Employment Hour. More on the way. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. It is 5.50 as we get down to the last few minutes here of the show. 613-521-TALK is the number. Alex Lucifero taking your calls, answering your questions. We'll get to uh, another one here. Get uh, get Bruce on the line. Hey, Bruce, good afternoon. How are you? Well, yeah. I think it's good evening now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, judging by the outside, right? Yeah, it yes, could be midnight for all week here. Time. Yeah. Uh, my wife had a problem at work, and she has a, has a, a union or what you call a... Uh, what, you, what what what's the name of it? 
you have a union, right? She's a unionized employee? Yeah, okay. She has a union. And okay. she had a problem, and she told them, and they did nothing. And mm-hmm. she had no choice to go outside of the company to get another lawyer mm-hmm. because the original company lawyer would didn't do nothing for her. And you mean the union lawyer didn't didn't do anything no, for her? No, did not do anything. She she called six weeks ago, and they, they hadn't bothered to call back or nothing. Yeah, Okay. Uh, again, uh, similar to our previous uh, caller, very difficult situation for your wife, Bruce. I'm, I'm sure I have no doubt. Uh, likely very little that any employment lawyer can do for her if she is a unionized employee. Uh, it's a tough spot for unionized employees. Uh, you know, she can certainly seek advice. Uh, and have a meeting with a lawyer, you know, feel free to have her give us a call as well. We can have an initial discussion with her. Uh, however, I'd be shocked if there's anything we can actually do for her or right any now, employment lawyer can do for her for that matter. Right now it's gone to the police because she can't get anything done. Well, clearly it's a very serious matter yeah, than it's if it's going to police. Matter, yeah. And they refuse to do anything, so she had no choice but take the whole thing to the police and it still won't do anything. Yeah, wow. that, that sounds very wow. concerning, Bruce. And, and what I would say is make sure you're doing everything uh possible uh, and make sure your wife is doing everything possible we're doing in the matter. possible and we're getting negative re- feedback from the, yeah. the, the lawyer where she wor- the uh, union where she works yeah. yeah negative well what I would say in a situation like that is if you want to get into more detail uh, you can give our office a call I'm happy to you know set aside some time to have a discussion with you again I'm concerned that there might not be much we can do but sometimes it is worth just talking these matters out and and brainstorming about what your options are what your wife's options are in these situations well, you left us with no money either yeah, yeah. See? she had to go on unemployment insurance because they wouldn't pay yeah tough spot yeah tough, okay tough spot Bruce uh, listen uh, give us a call we'd be happy to help in any way we can Bruce, here's that number as we, as we let you go here, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 to get a hold of Alex and help at employmenthour.com is a, a good way. A couple minutes to go here. Let me wrap it maybe with uh, with an email. Rob uh, just wrote in at help at employmenthour.com, says, Can I be fired after being falsely accused of something I didn't do? My employer refused to listen to my side of the story and just took someone else's word. Yeah, tough situation yeah, right. uh, for uh, for this gentleman, uh, John. And the the cold hard reality of the situation is well, I guess there's two sides to this to this story. But the, you know the the reality is that yes, as an employee, uh, you can be fired in a situation like that. An employer has every right to let really any employee go for any particular reason. They don't even necessarily need to have a reason as long as the decision to terminate John is not discriminatory. Right. in any kind of way and here's here's the second side of the coin and here's the catch as long as that employee is paid the right amount of severance in this situation so you know rob i wouldn't be surprised if based on the brief email that you sent in uh that you've been terminated for cause meaning you know that um, your employer took the other side's uh side of the story and apparently you've done something terribly wrong and you've probably been let go without any severance well the the bad news is that yes you can get low and get let go in a situation like that the good news is that you are owed a reasonable severance package in a situation like that so if you've been made an offer or if you haven't been made an offer which is probably more likely the case please give us a call let's have a discussion about it let's get into the details of what exactly you're being accused of. Let's get into the details of what you've been offered as either notice or severance. And, uh, you know, again, the law is pretty straightforward in a situation like this. And so, uh, you know, it's probably a situation we can easily uh, resolve or figure out or advise uh, this gentleman on. 
You know what, Alex? You got about a minute. I'm going to summarize Jason's email. He simply says uh, our company just got noticed and been sold to another company. I don't even know if I have a job. Do I get severance? Yeah, interesting situations. Sales of yeah. businesses are always interesting situations for employees. You never know what's happening. Are you gonna Are you gonna continue on with the new employer? Does your tenure with the selling employer count? Yes, it does. By the way, mm-hmm. for everyone out there, um, and so really, it's the case of. Uh, if the buying uh, company, so if the purchaser is going to offer you continued employment on the same terms, then it's all good. You're effectively just continuing on your employment with this new company. Your length of service it counts with the previous company. So you don't right. start as a day zero or day one employee. You start as you know however many years you've been with the selling company. Uh, where it gets complicated is, well, if the new company, if the buying company doesn't offer you continued employment, well, then you're owed a severance package. Very obviously, that's a termination. It's a termination without cause, meaning you're owed a reasonable severance package. Uh, It could be that the new employer offers you employment on different terms than what you had with the selling company. That's a complicated situation. You've got to make sure that it's a reasonable offer, that it's a comparable offer. And if it isn't, uh, you got to get legal advice in a situation uh, like that because severance could get tricky in those kinds of situations. Good stuff, and we're done for a uh, another day, my friend. We'll take it from there. You need to get a hold of Alex now that we're uh, we're done this uh, particular show. Simple one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. Remember, any time before you make any sort of move when it comes to your severance, always go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly what you owed. Till next time. This has been the Employment Hour on News Talk 580 CFRA.